1: Girls, ladies, and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk, it's your boy, the All American 35,
2: and it's Dan reporting live from a Corona County.
1: in yeah, Mexico.
2: No, no. we just got our first uh, our first taste of the coronavirus here in Hillsborough County. Uh, I'm not going to say it's in Plant City, but I'm not going to say if we don't quarantine <laughs> Plant City off, annex them off.
3: Yeah, I don't know that, yeah, you know. Keep that over there Dan. in hills, bro. Don't bring that to Polk County Dan.
2: I'm trying I'm trying. Um let's see, yeah, we gotta keep it here. Gotta contain it here. Gotta gotta fight it head on. Hey man, I- y'all, I'm y'all gotta fight it head on. Y'all gotta I'm relax to on Plant City. But...
1: Plant Plan City was okay to me this weekend, man. I have no man. Yeah. S- S- Plant City don't owe me nothing. Talk about your Plant City thing. trip, man.
3: Talk about Plant
1: City trip. I mean, we had a blast, man. When I dealt with the family and tow, um I brought my nephew with me, the wife, everybody, my son, daughter. We hung out, man. Learned a lot. I've been to Plant City, but only at night for football games. Never, you know what I'm saying, during the day. So I never seen the Strawberry Fields. A
3: long time out. You were to Plant City for football. It must have been like Little League or something. Like Nationals or something.
1: No, nah, this was a while ago. This was when, um, up, Ron Pl- Fred Taylor them was playing,
3: man. Plant City know. High School?
1: I don't know who they played. They played a playoff game up through there. Who was up through there? <laughs> I don't know who they played. But, um... I never been there during the daytime driving through or whatever i just never seen the strawberry fields or anything like that so i see we seen the people working the strawberry fields and and we got to meet the uh one of the biggest sh- strawberry farmers or the biggest strawberry farmer in um plant city real cool dude sent us home with a case of strawberries uh, learned a lot had some strawberry shortcake the food was great um the fair workers were shady you know what I'm saying? Scammers. You got to watch out for those <laughs>
2: people. Uh, other
1: than that, man, everything was everything, man. We had a great time, man. Great food out there. They had this noodle spot that was busting. Dessert. These Amish donuts was next level.
2: Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, it was amazing. Yeah, I went to the Florida State Fair a couple weeks ago. The same Amish donut people were there. Uh, place outstanding.
1: Oh, man, yeah, it's got to be ran by the devil.
2: It's got to be. It's got to be. Gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> what no, did you get into this,
1: this week? Yeah, man, I love, did, have you been? You didn't go this year, did you, Dan?
2: Uh, I did. Uh, Friday night, I uh, went to uh, okay. went to a concert there Friday night uh, with some friends, um, and then, um, but I only I didn't get to spend much time there. It was it was only really for the concert. Then I bounced back, so only maybe had 30, 40 minutes. Uh, Anthony, who hooked you guys up, hooked me up. Awesome, uh, nice. tickets, so I appreciate that. Uh, but no, other than that, man, I just tried to enjoy the weather. Um, here in uh, in tampa it was beautiful i'm sure you guys had great weather there in plant city on friday or on uh, saturday and ahmad i'm sure you did too so I tried to spend as much time as i could outside this weekend but uh it's pretty relaxed i head up to nashville tomorrow uh for about five days uh for some some play and, and some work mostly work but some play uh, post maloma concert wednesday uh but,
1: oh uh, man but I had man. to rest up a little bit oh man okay Dave. my hey, you <laughs> you
3: getting close to um to, to junior's due date man yeah, so we we kind of uh, pretty much just hung out at the at the house this weekend and uh, did some last little minute shopping and putting together some things. Uh, my wife is uh, we're having our son on Wednesday. She's having a C-section, so if you guys could possibly pray for us, that would be amazing. Um, so we're excited for that. We got a, 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 another Ahmad Black, uh, possibly uh, in the Gator Nation. You know, Mama went to UF, Dad went to UF. You know, it's only right. Ahmad Black Jr.
1: Oh, you
2: already know. You already oh, got man. the letter
1: of intent. faxed On Wednesday, they faxing
3: it. Yeah, we need that. We need <laughs>
2: that. <laughs> hey, congratulations, my boy. I,
3: see, I should have asked Coach Savage what I need to. You know, like last time I seen him, I should have asked him what you know what I need to do. Give me some advice. So <laughs> right, next time, next time I, I you know I speak to him again, I gotta ask him. So, well,
2: congrats, Ahmad. Congrats. Right. We got a big show, boys. Um. Yep. yep. We got Graham Hall from Gainesville Sun. And then we've got a long-awaited guest, a guy that we've been talking uh, about for a long time with Nick Savage coming on. But before we do that, we've got a sponsor for this week's show. Uh, so I want to give them a shout-out. Um, you might know Chris Warren from The Timeline. Uh, you might know him for all of his gifts and uh, you know his Tom Foolery there on the timeline, but Chris works for uh, for V-Trips, and vacation rental pro. So if you're looking for a, a great vacation, uh, they've got about 1,600 rental properties across uh, a lot of the southeast and across America. Uh, so check them out. Go to their website, vtrips.com, uh, to view all of their locations and pricing. Uh, you can enter discount code Spring100. That's Spring100. Um, S P R I N G. The the numbers one zero zero all one uh, word together for a hundred dollars off your Day in March. So again, that's vtrips.com uh, to go check that out. Also, if you're an owner of a rental property and want to have uh, a trip booked through vtrips, and maintain your investment while maximizing your potential income, um, have their owner contact the, uh, the owner um, accounts group there uh, at VTrips as well. So if you're looking for a place to stay or if you have a place that you're looking to rent, uh, reach out to them. Again, that's VTrips.com. Make this your best vacation yet and then spring 100 for $100 off your stay.
1: It's spring break season, man. Great, great time for this ad, man. So anybody that's is making some moves and vacationing with the kids and need a vacation home instead of a hotel, hit my man Chris up, man.
2: Absolutely. That's, that's the way to do those beach vacations. or some of these other spots. They're in Hilton Head and Gatlinburg and where else? Arizona, Hawaii. They're all over the place. You don't want to stay in a hotel. You can stay to Hilton or Marriott anywhere. Go, uh, go check out uh, one of the beach homes. And if you've ever laughed at anything Chris has ever done on the timeline, which I know it is, you owe him one. So this is uh, – this is your your time to shine. So, again, that's vtrips.com. Uh, guys, before we get into the show, before we get into Graham Hall, I want to ask you, did you guys see the Athlon uh, rankings for the early uh, top 50 players for 2020?
1: Uh, I breezed through it. I didn't see any Gators, so I kind of got up out of there real fast there.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of surprised. Uh, you know, I know Florida lost a lot of their, uh, their talent to the draft this year to graduation <laughs> Uh, but this is their this is their top ten uh, that they have um, uh, listed for the year. So at ten, they have Sam Howell, uh, former FSU commit. Uh, Sam Howell, then Rondell Moore, uh, wide receiver for Purdue, number nine. Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, eight. Chubber Hubbard, uh, running back, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Uh, Travis Etienne, running back, Clemson, at five, six. Number five, Jamar Chase. Number four, Derek Stingley, both at LSU. Uh, number three, Penny Sewell, who's an offensive tackle at Oregon. Number two is Justin Fields, and then number one is Trevor Lawrence. Kind of surprised, no, uh, no, Kyle Pitts on this uh, on this list. Yes, yeah,
1: highway robbery. I think um, Kyle Pitts should have been at least our one guy in there. Hands down, I don't think nobody anybody that said he don't supposed to be in there has got to be drunk. He's a top fifty player. He's gonna be. Uh, That's pretty much the same way. He's a first, second rounder, right? Easy. Easy. He's got to be. He's got to be.
2: There's some names on here that I I was surprised. Um, Derek King, quarterback, Miami. uh, You know, obviously from Houston did okay. Very, very surprised. I also saw Jamie Newman, quarterback, Georgia, uh, the Wake Forest transfer. Uh, I liked uh, Jamie Newman. This is list season.
1: That's yeah, that,
2: that's all it is. It's hype season. It's starting quarterback yeah. season at these big schools. Uh, not a lot of uh, research needed. Uh, just just very, very surprised guy like uh, Kyle Pitts doesn't make it on this list.
1: Yeah, it's just list season. Um, that's what just, consider, just consider the author. Of, yeah. Yeah, just consider the author of all these people that are constructing these lists, man. Like, you, Do I respect his football opinion? And if it's yeah, some I random some bias, man. You right. probably don't. So just keep scrolling. Yeah. But,
2: uh, um, well, since we're going to keep scrolling and want to give a shout out, we're going to do uh, the Gator Facts right now. Um, give a give a big shout out to all of our spring sports. Uh, this, is, this list is as of about four days ago, five days ago. So it's changed a little bit. I'll plug in where I know it has changed. Uh, but baseball, number one. Uh, in the country. Gymnastics, number two in the country. Uh, Beat Georgia, swept the SEC. Big shout out to them. Uh, Men's track, number three, softball. I know that they lost uh, a couple games this uh, this weekend, but they uh, went into the uh, weekend number six in the country. Men's tennis was number six in the country. Uh, women's swim and diving team was number seven in the country. Lacrosse is now number five. They took down the number three team in the country this weekend. Uh, women's golf, 10. Men's swimming and diving, 11. Women's track and field, 11. Uh, and men's golf, 24. So big shout out to all the spring sports and how well they're doing.
1: Yeah, before we move on, let's let's have this conversation real quick, though. Well, who do we think could be in that top 50? We know Kyle Pitts is that type of player, but most of our guys coming back is is, is not a lot of production. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is most of the production that's returning. So who has the potential to be a uh, top 50 guy by the end of the year, in your opinion?
2: Um, in my opinion, there's a few. Um, I think Kyer Elam could end up on that list. Uh, he had mm-hmm. the lowest... Um, Passer rating against him for any freshman that played 150 snaps uh, last season, it was very very low. It was in the uh, in the teens. Um, I think a guy like Trayvon Grimes, uh, he could make the list. He has the physical tools to get there. Um, you know, you could even see a guy like Kyle Trask, uh, you know, end up there. Uh, I'm not sure if he will, but you know, certainly a possibility. Um, those are probably my three for right now. Um, you know, depending on how Marco Wilson recovers, uh, that might be a four. Um, and then don't forget the most accurate kicker in the SEC, my boy Evan McPherson.
1: Already, Yeah, I like I like the carrier name. Um, I can see him being one of those guys. I'm gonna go with the edge rushers too. I could see um um Brenton Cox or somebody, one of those one of those edge rushers just jumping on the scene and, and being one of those um
3: Top fifty type guys. Oh, man, I'm I'm am trying to diabetes this year, man. Diabetes, <laughs> man. diabetes. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, look, with all the guys diabetes, Vogel. They, they, they won't be top fifty. <laughs> like, I know, you know, I know them boys gonna make an impact. I'm so excited to see our edge rushers, man. It just, it, it, you know, from from, you know, we can go keep going back to, you know, damn that when we play, you know, with Dunlap and those guys coming up. There, man, you mm-hmm. know. Just so exciting when we get a, that pass rush, man. It just makes the quarterback so uncomfortable back there, and a lot of things happen when you, when you get a, a a quarterback that's uncomfortable. He you know he throw the ball crazy, fumble, whatever the case may be. I mean your defense playing well, so you know we get them guys you know uh, rushing off the edge well, man. And, and, you know and get a stop, a couple stout defensive tackles. We're gonna be great, bro. We're gonna be real great. So.
1: I'm excited about it myself, man. Let's get Grandma Hall on here and talk a little uh, combine and and see if you want to talk a little Gator baseball. Nope.
0: You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale.
2: And joining us for the first and a half time I guess we'll say you you had a, an appearance on our very first episode uh is Graham Hall with the Gainesville Sun Graham how you doing today
4: doing great guys thanks for having me my pleasure to be here uh, you've seen me say it you always do a great job get some exclusive great interviews and I'm always a big listener uh honor to be on man thank you
2: yeah, we appreciate it, man. Uh, Graham, for uh, up, man. yeah, absolutely. Um, Graham, obviously, uh, you know, the, we're we're in a bit of a lull for for Gator football right now, but there was a combine this past weekend, NFL combine. Uh, a lot of the Gators really did well. Uh, what's kind of your analysis? Um, did any numbers stick out to you, or or did anything surprise you from uh, from this past weekend in Indianapolis?
4: I think obviously uh, the athleticism with some of these guys is, you know, we always talk about the improved strength and conditioning, and y- you often see it out there on Saturdays and in practice, but you can't really quantify it until something like the NFL Combine comes around. And I, I got to say, this was really kind of, I think, validation for what we've heard about Nick Savage's strength and conditioning program for the last uh, two, two plus years now. You look at how Grenard performed, Jabari Zuniga, CJ Henderson. um, I think those guys made themselves some money uh, this past weekend. Uh, I'll start with Jabari Zuniga. You know, while certainly I would have liked to see him do the three-cone and the 20-yard shuttle, he's going to have another opportunity at the end of the month at at Gators Pro Day to do that if he so chooses. But you look at what he did. Uh, Aside from that, he won the award for the top athleticism score among edge rushers. Uh, He had the fastest 10-yard split and then put up 29 uh, reps on the bench um, to lead all edge rushers. I didn't know he had a 33-inch vertical jump, uh, but I guess we should have assumed that. But that is absolutely insane. Uh, I think he made himself some money. I I could see some concerns down the line with him, that the way that that kind of freak injury played out. But aside from that, he looked totally healthy, and I think a lot of teams – uh, had some questions to answer about him. As, aside from him, John Grenard, uh, I think, really kind of verified his decision to not only come to Florida, but to come back entirely after, what, planned 10, 11 snaps his senior season at, at Louisville. Uh, that was a guy who was trending upwards into being in that conversation of you know maybe second, third round, if not higher, at Louisville before he broke his hand and, and needed to come back. And you, you look at the way he performed and measured out. Uh, I, one, did you guys see that stat about um, how long his arms are? No, how long are you see that by chance? Uh, he uh, has he has thirty five inch arms. He sure. measured the thirteenth longest arms. I, I guess this is, they they separate them by position. So he's him and Zuniga are an edge rusher category. Uh, Grenard measured the thirteenth longest arms um, since nineteen ninety nine. Wow. So you know, and I wouldn't have thought that, and you know, you always hear about a guy's elite reach and, um, you, you don't really have that measured or quantified until we get something like this. And I I guess we should have expected that, but, um, yeah, six six four, two hundred sixty six 266 pounds and, and, you know, 34 inch arms. That's insane. Um, he did, uh, run the three cone in the, in the 20 yard shuttle, which was huge for him. He was second and third in those categories. Um, so I think that, you know, the way that he had that senior season coming back from the ankle injury, John Grenard probably talked himself um, into that into that second round money. If it's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but there's going to be some teams that are going to fall in love with him mm-hmm. in, in an interview room. And we all know how maybe fairly unfairly it depends where you sit, how that can often just play into the conversation and that may be the case here with John Grenard. He he is a guy who, who's going to absolutely wow people once he gets into a film room and, um, you know, he's his best own advocate. So, um, and, and his broad jump uh, was kind of average. So I, I think that he'll do that again on pro day before uh, we really get into the process. Um, then CJ Henderson, last, last guy I'll note, you know, I, I, still, I see all the conversation about um, him and uh, what's his, the guy at Ohio state Um, Akuda yeah I probably butchered Mm -hmm. that Uh, being talked of (laughs) one and two but you look at CJ's speed you look at you know I don't know I'm a big I'm not going to say I'm a big film guy but I'm a big advocate of that you know production outweighs these combine immeasurables I think that if anything you know what you measure the combine verifies what you saw in fall and for CJ Henderson you know I, I think that he, he has more than proven himself on the field. And if we really right now are going to just, um, you know, base uh, him off or, or to make the decision based on um, what happens at the combine, I don't think that's totally fair because I thought that he did uh, extremely well. I still think, you know, you look at the bench press. Um, I think that he's going to do some things um, at, at pro day as well. Uh, some repeats, especially in that 40 yard dash, because by all accounts, he ran it faster coming out of high school. Uh, Again, that's also how much you believe that he ran a four, three, five. I would love to believe that. Um, But a four, three, nine, obviously nothing to scoff at. But if you saw some social media, him and Tyree Cleveland uh, certainly want to do that again at, at the end of the month here.
1: Yeah, I see. Um, you think, I'm sorry, Dan, I don't know if you had a question, but you think he's going to work out again at pro day? You think it's necessary after, after the great combine that CJ had, which was a lot of people saying it's the best combine by anybody. I think he made a lot of money. You think it's necessary for him to have a pro day?
4: I don't think it's necessary for him. I think that the competitor in CJ and from everything we've heard about him staying late at practice, running drills with, with Trading and Marco, where they just consistently were wanting to push each other and then even from last year when Percy or two years ago when Percy Arvin got back to campus there was that whole thing about how they wanted to race in the swamp so I could easily see just the motivated uh C.J. Henderson back in his you know no nerves also in the in the indoor practice facility for those guys they're used to being in there I could see him just wanting to give it another go but at the same time you know the last thing you want to do is it's possibly drop off on that time but I think he. Proved himself by running a four three nine and then a four four one. Anything worse than that would probably be a, a blip on the radar. Um, but so no, I don't think he needs to do it. But I could easily see him just because he's such a competitor, wanting to do that.
2: Yeah, I think the one thing that stuck out to me the most was, um, I guess that I was most surprised about was Freddie Swain. I didn't know he had that kind of speed on him.
4: I didn't either. And and we got to give him some credit. I mean, you you yeah. don't just win that punt return job because he, you you don't down and inside the 10-yard line. I mean, you, you have to be able to have a quick acceleration. And if anything, and uh, maybe this is controversial for some, I, I thought his the way that he started his 40-yard dash was much better than C.J. Henderson's. I mean, he hit top speed within those first 10 yards there and just seemed like he was coasting. If anything, it, I didn't, it didn't look like he was running that fast. Yeah, C.J.'s know, was right. a yeah, so he's CJ looks like he he's a little hit taller, like I think thirty yards, and he could have kept going. going. Like let him run yeah. the sixty yard dash, you know. Yeah. And and so Correct. teams are going to see that and be like, okay, you know. And that's that's a coachable thing as well. I, I mean, maybe some there's some technique in there where he can improve hitting that. No, I just that think top it's his style of running.
1: I just think it's his style of running. I don't think he's a um jump out of the blocks fast type of guy. Some guys are. Um, mm-hmm. I think CJ's more of a long strider, so he gets going at about 30 yards, like you said. So he gets faster than that. You see him walk down guys in games. That's why, because he's, he's more of a sprinter and a strong finisher. I think it's just a style mm-hmm. of running the way he was. He was a track guy. So there's, there's a lot of when you're running 200 meters, you're not coming out full speed. So he's used to coming out Got blocks it. like that and then finishing strong. So that's just his style of sprint. Yeah,
4: that, that's a good note. And, and what I was saying, you know, we, we use the combine to verify what we see on film it. And, how often do we see CJ chasing someone down that looked like they had a free route to the end zone? I mean, that's what, that's kind of his like LeBron, you know, chase down block in a sense. I mean, he kind of made that a staple, unfortunately, where he saved several touchdowns in his UF career. And then Florida's defense often made a stand or held the team to, to three points or less. And, and you could solely credit him for that. And so that is a very valuable trade to have, you know, for any position. Uh, a guy who's, who's not going to tire out after 40 yards. I don't think we had
1: anybody. I see some people like kind of – they're a little, a little down by P. Ryan's time, but I, his his time was around what I thought it would be. I didn't think P. Ryan was a fast guy. He's more of a balanced, uh, mm-hmm. power-type runner. So I think his time was where, 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 where I expected it to be. There was no guys that went out this year that I was like, oh, they might – we always have guy Like, we had polite last year. We had guys before that leave a little too early. But I thought everybody um, was out right time. I thought everybody pulled up either on par with what I thought or better. Nobody disappointed how'd you, this, this this combine.
4: How do you feel about uh, Tyree Cleveland? Because he's someone that I um, perpetually just feel like has not – anytime we see him, you don't really see his full capabilities. And, and it kind of mm-hmm. does – you know, make me a little sad because I come away feeling as if, uh, you know, his production is not really reflective of his potential or talent.
2: I see Cleveland making a roster. I see him on special teams. Um, You know, he might be a fifth wide receiver somewhere, but I think that he's going to make a team, you know, just because of the type of player he was on special teams. You know, maybe that gunner, um, you know, he was always down there on punt. He was always down there on kick. So um, I I think he makes it. um, Yeah, I definitely do. Um, you know, he's got good speed. Um, he's not the strongest guy, um, you know, has good vert, um, good broad drum. So, you know, I think he's got the numbers. Uh, I don't know if he'll get drafted. If he does, I think it'll be, you know, very late. Um, you know, he we knew he would test well. You know, he's very physically um, strong and are um, very physically um, gifted. Uh, even in high school, he just it, it just never, um, you know, amounted to the production that I think that people expected out of him.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, he's got a bad shaking in, in a couple of areas. Real quick on, on Tyree. I yeah, think no, uh, yeah, he's more of a stretch-the-field type of receiver where you have Van Jefferson, the guys that can work the midfield. Even um, with Swain and Hammond, they can work all the whole route tree. And Tyree really hit his wrong suit at stretching the field, big physical type guy. And I just think he just got caught in. I think if Felipe was here, he'd probably have a different type of a season just because of the deep ball but he's just not an intermediate route type guy. I think he's definitely going to make NFL rosters just from his special teams play and his physical, what he brings physically, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to find many guys that mm-hmm. big that can run the field and play gunner and do all those different things he did on special teams. So he'll make a roster.
4: Yeah. And I think that he's hungry enough to the point where he feels kind of what I was saying, where his best football is still ahead of him and, and, um, I don't know, maybe it's karma. He sees that his best football is coming to him because he's played so um, selflessly in in terms of embracing special teams and and everything else, and and seeing guys like Jacob Copeland and and Trey Grimes and and Van Jefferson, who we'll get to here in a second, um, you know, come in and kind of steal his attempts at production after he was already there. And, you know, one of those guys like Freddie Swain and Josh Hammond, who kind of, in a sense, was a victim in the transfer portal, was about to get a whole bunch of production. And then, uh, you know, some higher regarded prospects came in or more proven talents came in. And and I'm with you also, If Florida's offense um, had Felipe Franks for those final nine games. I could have seen the ending of of Tyree's season going a little bit differently, but I'm with you totally that everyone at the combine should have been there for Florida, uh, except for Van Jefferson. He totally should have been there. That was so unfortunate that he got diagnosed with the Jones fracture. Uh, Dr. Farmer obviously spoke out really quickly and, you know, to kind of, quell any concerns because anytime you see injury right now teams love overreacting and this is something that as you guys know is extremely common and um if anything if he's been doing that on a a jones fracture you know for for who knows how long um if it's really from before the season uh if you believe that i mean that's totally impressive so uh, yeah, that was sad to hear about him because I still think that that's someone who, based on their footwork, the whole combination is, is going to be a, a future NFL talent. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I
1: was looking forward to seeing him um, compete and, and test out who 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 that wasn't at the combine you're looking forward to on, um, on Pro Day. I think Hammy's uh, one of those guys. Anybody else that you think could open some eyes?
4: I'm definitely going to go, with Josh Hammond, because I think that his hands, he's gonna ace the interview. obviously, um, in terms of you know, lacking size, that's that's certainly something that he's not going to be able to overcome no matter what he does. Um, I, I really I, I think it's seeing Javari Zaniga if he does do the three cone drill. I don't know, and maybe this is just a whole you know, a lack of education and maybe this is advice he got from his, his agent. I don't want to be one of those media members who, you know, assumes without knowing anything, but I I don't see why he wouldn't do that unless he feared that the lack of athleticism would be so noticeable that, that everything else that he did, that was impressive, you know, but I would like to see him do that just to kind of shut everyone up because, um, that's someone who like Tyree Cleveland, you know, has to have a chip on their shoulder about the way their you know their season ended very prematurely, um even so to the point where where Dan Mullen was coming out and and publicly, a guy who never talks about injuries was talking about how much of a freak thing it was in an unprompted sense and and that you know they already expected him to be back and he wasn't back they they openly discussed that, and I think that's someone who um, is very motivated and has something to prove. So I, I would like to see him do that. But at the same time, if, if some team falls in love with him and reaches out to him in the next three weeks, there is no absolute need for him to do that. Uh, if anything, I would really like to see, uh, and this is a little bit of, you know, selfish reasons, here, and I don't mean to cause any controversy, but I'd like to talk to all the, all the players one final time. Um, you know, and maybe that sounds lame in a sense, but mm-hmm. I'm the guy who, who at the con who at pro day gets to write all the feel good stories. You know, a few years ago I got to write just something, you know, nothing off Duke Dawson getting his first haircut in years and how he was signaling of being a big part of his life. And we didn't get to do that last year for, I'm, I'm not going to call him out, but I was going to write something on, um, I'm someone who got drafted by the Gator, uh, a Gator got drafted and didn't get to do it. But, uh, I would love to be able to talk to all those guys because they, they went through a whole lot um, to make it to the NFL and this is our last chance. And, um, you know,
2: I love it. Yeah. Graham, um, uh, just since, we have you, and obviously, um, you know, covering for the Gainesville sun, uh, you cover all the other sports, um, as well. Um, baseball number one in the country, 11 and no, I think for maybe only the you know second or third time ever. Um, what is it about this team that's, uh, allowing them to be uh, as successful as they are?
4: Yeah, this is a very promising baseball team who kind of is already living up to those early expectations. They, started the season, they are looking really, grand. really good. And they actually on Sunday tied the record for the best start in program history, which when you think about Florida baseball and some of the teams that have come through here and how much they've you know, whipped up on FSU and so much and so forth, that they have not started the season better than 11-0. and um, you know, as someone who also watches softball and sees, you know, the team regularly start 20-0, 18-0, I was kind of surprised by that. But last night uh, they they swept Troy 7-1 to and picked up their 11th straight victory, started 11-0. and They have a great freshman and left-handed Hunter Barco on the mound. Uh, he had a great game, struck out nine guys, got his pitch count up a little too high, threw 93 pitches, but they didn't have to use – um spec and and they got the win pretty easily three-hour game um this is a team that early on this is when you're going to kind of pick up losses because you go from fall ball and then you reconvene right in the start of spring and you really only have about three and a half weeks and it does seem like a good bit but you only have about three and a half weeks of preseason camp but sometimes for a team that that's just not enough and and um you really don't have a chance to get your legs underneath you, and and this is a team that uh, was kind of feeling that already in the first few weeks. They went down to Miami and it looked a little sluggish, and then in these first two games against Troy, this you know I say Troy, and people, I think a lot of football people think, oh Troy, um, but they were eighth in the nation in hits coming into this weekend. They were eight and three, had a real good chance to beat the Gators, and it looked like they were going to do it um, those first two nights. They were up. Seven to zero in that Saturday game before Florida rallied. They were up mm-hmm. Friday briefly. I mean, this—it's baseball. Anything can happen. You—you you don't see teams going fifty-six and zero. Florida went thirty-four and twenty-nine last year after signing a top ten class, and no one was calling on Kevin O'Sullivan to be fired because it's so crazy of a sport that sometimes you just don't hit or or top ten pitchers that you sign like Tommy Mason, Jack Lepwitz just don't pitch up to their capabilities, and often if if that happens. Um, you, you just don't win ball games and and that's what happened to Florida last year. So it it, it doesn't understate it. it. It states how impressive Florida is right now that they added a whole bunch of freshmen and their sophomores came back after kind of a disappointing year. And they even added a graduate transfer and they've got a whole bunch of, uh, senior leaders who've been there for four years and have seen success. Uh, this is a team that could be a really, really special one in Gainesville um, and we've seen a whole lot of special ones, but they got a whole lot of season left and, and a whole lot to live up to. But a fifth of the way through, they're looking like the best team in the nation.
2: Man, I love it, Graham. Well, we're going to let you go, man. Tell everybody where they can uh, where they can follow you and read all your stuff.
4: Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on always. This is great. Uh, Twitter at Graham Hall underscore. Yeah, uh, we can talk whatever you want. Big cat memes, big tapestries, whatever y'all want. Um, game sun. <laughs> uh,
5: I'm
4: I'm actually hitting the road uh, Wednesday morning, getting up at eight a.m. You know, we did we talked all this. We didn't even get to basketball. I'm getting up at eight a.m. to drive to Athens. Um, that was a little <laughs> yeah, Athens. I I'm know to y'all. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna, yeah. So covering the basketball game, then I'll be back Thursday uh, for Saturday's uh, home finale, senior night for Kerry Blackshear Jr. against Kentucky. So hey, I appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all do a great job. Uh, enjoy talking to Nick Savage. I can't wait to listen to it tomorrow.
5: We
2: appreciate it, Graham. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, hey, oh, it, y'all. Y'all
4: yeah.
1: all right man. Graham, hold it down.
3: P.O.P., <laughs> hold it down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always fun kicking with the Gator writers, man. Shout out to Graham Hall. Um, you guys go follow him, follow all his work and his tapestry. Let's um, talk some Gator recruiting get into some <laughs> recruiting and, and and whatnot. We had a big commitment from um one. We kind of speculated towards last last week, and and, and then we did the um. I mean, Amar We did the the film review of, of him as well. Gage Wilcox, sports star yep. tight end out of Jefferson High School in Tampa. Big get um obviously uh he chose us it came down to us georgia and alabama he fling flung the uh georgia hat to the side threw on the gator hat in the video uh brewsters out here a little bit a shout out to tim Bruce, who Was on the show last week got his first tight end commit out of the way um also got a second one to decommit de- we'll talk about that in a little bit but what do you think about the get
3: i definitely i like it you know uh definitely somebody that's gonna come in and uh it could possibly make an impact when he, when he gets here, but you know, nonetheless, um, you know, when when uh, when Pitts get out of here, and you know, we we need some more depth at that uh, tight end spot. Um, I, I think he'll be a a great uh, target for for you know whoever our quarterback is, whether it's Emory or uh, uh, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, Absolute. I mean, there's not much.
2: There's not much to say other than what we talked about last week. I mean, he's an athletic player. He plays against good talent. Um, he's done well um, in seemingly all facets of the game. So I'm excited to see what he does his senior year. Uh, and then, um, obviously, in the strength and conditioning room with, uh, with Savage, uh, you know, going in. But there's a huge opportunity for him because there's going to be a gap um, in experience. And, you know, there's there's every opportunity for him to earn some snaps out right away.
1: Absolutely. The other tight end that Tim Brewster has been on since, since getting to Gainesville, uh, three-star tight end, Nick, Nick out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh was committed to Penn State before today. Um, decommitted, uh, should be on campus this weekend. We had a slew of crystal balls and predictions on 247's website for him to the gators. So Tim Brewster's working fast and early. Um it may, we may see this kid pop this weekend. I'm not sure, but a lot of people got him on commit watch. And that's just Nick, Tim, Tim Brewster said last week he's going to put a fence around the state, uh, grabbing two tight ends in state, the two top tight ends at the position in state, locking it up early in the cycle. Um, now he can go just cherry pick and get the top 100 kids
2: yeah absolutely I mean he's um he's an outstanding player um, I like him a lot um, he's got uh, he's got the size that you want um he can you know he's dominant in in blocking uh, he's a he's a good player he's a he's a good threat good downhill threat as well uh, so I'm excited to see uh, what what he can be um, in in uh, in a, a Brewster Mullen offense, so um, assuming that that happens here soon, um, getting the opportunity to get you know your two top tight end targets, you know, committed in in March, uh, and then being able to throw Tim Brewster out there to to go after you know top one hundred, top fifty players, I'm here for it every uh, every day of the week.
1: Yeah, shout out to um, Carlos Del Rio, our four star quarterback commit, uh, put on an impressive show at the eleven, uh, the seven oh seven tournament with the Elite Eleven. Uh, Finished. They they placed him at number two at this event. Uh, a lot of people had a great thing to say about him. Says footwork's on point. Um, he, he was one of the best throwers out there, and he's just improving every camp. So we should see a bump in his ranking going forward, man. But shout out to Carlos Del Rio for, for just competing. A lot of people want to look for other quarterbacks in the class, and, and and not really happy with the guy we got. But I think we got a dog at quarterback, man. I like these Georgia kids, and I like the way he's working, man. And he's also recruiting very well.
2: Absolutely. Uh shout out to Brashard Smith as well. Uh that slot running back, um, you know, uh, Miami boy. Uh he is committed to the uh, Under Armour All American game. He got an invite uh this past weekend. So uh a so big shout out to him. He uh he was smoking it out there. So um a so big yeah, shout out to man. him. Yeah, a lot of buzz from some of the
1: gated kids at these little camps, man, and a lot of notes just just read a couple of things that Bud Elliott put on two four seven. And he was just saying, like, the buzz with, with Florida is, is is crazy right now. Um, There's no comparison with Miami and Florida State. It's just like with the top elite recruits in this state, all the buzz with us right now. So there's a lot of good things going on right now in Gainesville. Oh, man. I like this feeling. We got a, a crazy junior day list. Um, the names I just hope we got enough staff to, to accommodate all these people.
2: <laughs> but it's a good problem
1: to have, man. It's a lot of elite talent on campus, man. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying this. I don't we done have some rough times in Gainesville. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dealing with McAwain and Muschamp. Everybody got to slow down and enjoy this, man. The only thing I regret about the Tim Tebow years and, and, and with Urban is not, not slowing down and enjoying what was happening, man. And mm-hmm. right now
2: something special's happening. Scott's a lot to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. The class sits number, uh, number two in the country right now. They're just right behind Ohio State and just right above Clemson. So, uh, recruiting well. Um, I still see a lot of these guys are going to get some bumps uh, as well. A guy like Brashard Smith, um, I think Elkins or Elksness or whatever. I repronounce you his name? The tight end that that floor is going to get. Yes. I think that he ends up as Tricky. a four-star as well. Uh, so, uh, there's a lot of players that are still, you know, you know, moving and shaking. And, you know, this is camp season. This is evaluation season. I remember, you know, these guys have, you know, this is only their junior year. So uh, as they go into spring camp and then, um, you know, into the summer, this is a, their opportunity to, to climb those, uh, climb those rankings. So they're starting off strong. I uh, have eight, four stars, five, uh, three stars committed by, I think at least one or two of those three stars become four stars in the not too distant
1: future. I agree. Um,
2: shout out to my man, Connor.
1: He was out there um, at, at, 707 events and, and checking out some of this stuff. And, and for everything I'm hearing about this Desmond Watson kid, the defensive tackle, uh, they say he's weighing over like 400 pounds, man. But he's moving like a an agile cat out there at defensive tackle, man. So I need David Turning to close this thing out and bring him on in. So hopefully that's one we can close on this weekend. That would be a huge get. And Leonard Taylor, I think that's another defensive tackle that we if we get in the fold, man, this thing gets it gets real filthy. But um, hopefully we can get mm-hmm. those guys in the fold early to anchor this thing down.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at what Florida has coming in for Junior Day and looking at the way that they're training for some of these guys, uh, you know, and I don't imagine that all 13 of the guys that are committed right now are going to end up signing with UF. But, you know, Florida's on commit watch for, what, probably three or four more folks, and that brings that class size up to 17 already. So, uh, you know, that's a hell of a start. Uh, you know, but Florida, you know, depending on, you know, how they recruit and how they play this year, which we all think, you know, all signs recruit or all signs point to uh, to them doing pretty well. There's going to be some real tough decisions to, to make, t- uh, you know, towards the end. But, you know, I love the way that this class is filling out right now and the talent that they're bringing in They're They're being picky right now. And they're going after players that they don't have the type of player that they don't have uh, to fill out that roster. So uh, so right now it's looking real, real good in Gainesville.
1: Absolutely, Dan. Let's get—I mean, um, Ma. Let's get word of the week before we get my man Nick Savage on to talk some shrimp and the conditioning, man.
3: Hey, Dan, the word of the week, man. It's—it's a—it's a few ways you could—you can—you can uh, you could say this or, or call this. I should say rather. Um, I'm gonna throw this one at you, though. Lily Dilly. You know what, oh, Lily
2: Dilly. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. those those uh, the ice scraper things, right? And then the okay. freezer. Okay. Y'all yeah. call them scrapers. Oh, you gotta scrapers. Gotta call them yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you- Okay, man, yeah. you know something. All yeah, right. you get him at the Candy Lady house. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. there
1: you go. There you go. Oh, yeah.
2: Can you bring some more heat next week, Amon? That was too easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know why you don't think I'm cultured enough, but I appreciate that. <laughs> you, you still ain't, you still ain't went in there and said you want some churn, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not there yet, Amon. We're not there, my friend. I'll, I'll, I'll let you and Silk hold it down.
3: P.O.P. <laughs>
2: P.O.P. Oh, man. That was good. I, you know, I, I felt that one. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna earn some respect on the streets. I think with that one, okay.
3: so there was no,
2: there was no even thought about it. That one just rolled right off. Yeah, it,
3: it came right off, Dan. You ain't even have to think about that one. So yeah, I'm that gonna, wasn't yeah. even
2: a Polk County thing. That's I gotta, uh, set,
3: I gotta step my game up, Dan.
2: That's right. Yeah, I need you to think yeah, you a just you just love stuff.
3: you just loving softballs at this.
1: Point. Yeah,
2: man, Dan, you know. <laughs> You know, maybe I'm becoming maybe I'm becoming cultured, you know. They, Who knows? Dan might be in Plant City more than I think. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> one time a year. One time <laughs> a year. Uh, so you guys ready for this interview? Yeah, man. Bring it. All right, we're well, gonna let's get Nick Savage on. You have now arrived at stadium and gale. And then joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is Florida's Director of Football Strength and Conditioning, Nick Savage. Nick, how are you doing this evening?
5: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
2: Good, man. Good. Thanks, man. Hey, Nick. Nick, talk to us a little bit about how you how you got in this field. Um, you've been in the field for probably seven, eight years now uh, at the uh, the collegiate level. Tell us how you got in.
5: Yeah. So actually, I started. Uh in college. I was actually in engineering for three years. Um, in the meantime, though, I was coaching um, at the high school I played at. And uh, long story short, um, my passion for coaching grew and engineering dissipated. So I switched to exercise science. And um, after about four and a half years at the high school level, uh, I knew I wanted to get to collegiate level. So I had to make the jump at some point um i started with an internship at bowling green i did that for four months and then ohio state nine months university of toledo as a ga for five and then uh joined mississippi state staff for about four years and now here
2: so how did you and dan mullen originally get uh connected uh during your time at toledo
5: yeah so it was i was hired by a guy um the guy I worked for, really at Ohio State, um, ended up getting hired at Mississippi State. And then I kind of continued on with my path. But once he had an opening on his staff, I got hired at uh, Mississippi State by that guy, um, obviously as an assistant, and then carried that role until um, he left for a different job.
2: Man, and so uh, now you've been at Florida for a couple years. Um, you know, it's been I uh, noted just the uh, the difference of uh, the physique and body fat, and just you know, obviously, you know, looking back at the combine and, and seeing the results of those guys. Um, what do you kind of owe your philosophy to, and and what do you look for uh, when building out a strength and conditioning program?
5: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is obviously I say it all the time is mentorship. Um, surrounding yourself with the right people. I've been blessed. I've been able to do that throughout my whole life, uh, not only as coaches but, but athletes because at the end of the day, some of the student athletes we deal with on a daily basis, um, it, not only do you get to work with them, but there are challenges. And in the long run, when you look back at it, uh, I believe some of those challenges make you critique your game. Um, don't allow you to ever get complacent and things like that. So in the long run, I think the kids just have as big as much impact as some of the coaches I've been around. Um, but the biggest thing for me is it, everyone says all these different things, but it's very simple. I take Coach Mullen's uh, program identity, what he wants his program to really be known for, and I kind of implement it in our room. Um, and, you know, what what we do – What we put on paper is one thing, but how the kids go about their business, that's what really makes up the program. Um, So a lot of it is credit to our student-athletes for the time and work in.
3: Hey, Coach Stivers, it's uh, it's Ahmad. So, you know, we we talk about uh, this this Gator standard. uh, You know, everybody likes to throw it around because, you know, it really means something. But talk to us, uh, what what does it really mean to you to, to, to be a Florida Gator?
5: Yeah. In, ter- in terms of the standard or for me to be a Florida Gator? For,
3: for the standard and of and, and you, both of them.
5: Yeah, so re- really the standard is pretty simple. I look at it, um, you know, you hear a bunch of different things, and obviously it's being at your best um, in terms of uh, competitive excellence, all these different things. You know, I keep it simple, and I tell the guys it's black and white with me. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it the wrong way. And just like everything, you win or you lose. Um, I I always kind of tell them it's doing what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it at the intensity needed you're supposed to do it at um, for us to go win and compete for championships. So, I mean, guys will tell you I'm pretty simple in terms of what I preach and what I demand, um, but don't ever confuse simple with easy. So I think they kind of understand that to heart. Um, And then for me as a coach, being being a Florida Gator – um, you know, it's, it's this is one of those places that when you get the call and you get to see the logo and you get to work at a university like this, uh, it's life-changing uh, because of the support staff, um, people in place and the, the system in place now. Uh, but more importantly, I think it's what people from previous players um, to coaches to the history of the school alone. Um, I just – I find it rewarding, being able to be considered part of the group, um, and being able to work alongside these great individuals.
3: Hey, coach, you talked about uh, it's, it's always a winner and it's always a loser. Um, can you can you talk about the yep. off, can you talk about the off season a little bit? Um, you know, from what I hear, from what I gather, you know, you guys split up in the teams, and you know, it's a winner and a loser. You know, talk about kind of what do you yep. are you guys doing um, in the summertime with the guys?
5: Yeah. Well, my biggest thing is obviously the offseason. Uh, we're, we're just kind of wrapping it up. Now get on spring break, but um, the biggest thing in the offseason, not only are we looking to increase all their attributes and things like that, but at the end of the day, football is low in terms of we're, we're not playing a game right now. So, uh, to keep it simple for everyone, this is our biggest time to kind of push and grind and strain and not worry about being sore, beat up for practice, right? So um, we demand a lot out of our guys. Um, and our guys will tell you, everything we do from the start of the off season to the end of the off season is all about competitive excellence. Um, when it's time to compete, we got to be at our best. So my job, part of my job is to get these guys to understand I love winning so much and hate losing so bad I don't ever want to experience it again. Whether that's how many reps we do on the bench press, how fast you tie your shoelaces, who's the fastest sprinter, uh, who could do the most pull-ups, who could hold a plank, it doesn't matter. If if you could think it, we're going to compete in it. So
4: um,
5: our guys break up into eight teams. There's eight teams and eight, uh, eight captains, and then those captains, they have a draft. And they basically pick and vote on their teammates to design the best team possible um, to compete against their peers throughout the offseason. Um, but our guys don't just get graded on physical attributes, such as sprinting and weight room. They also get graded on accountability and discipline. Um, so sometimes our best athletes are picked last because they're not always the best in the classroom. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense,
3: right? Right. So
5: our guys, our guys, we, like I always like call it, um, you give what you emphasize, and you are what you tolerate. So at the end of the day, the captains of the teams know they drafted uh, their teammates to be on their on their team, so um, they have a duty and responsibility not only to just tell guys to do things, but also to hold them accountable if they make mistakes. Because if we don't hold each other each other accountable now, we're not going to do it on Saturday when it really right. counts.
3: Right.
1: Coach Savage, I've been to uh, a, a practice before, and I've watched the guys come in, and when they're heading to practice, I, I felt that, that contagious energy you got, that you bring to the practice. Where does that passion come from?
5: I just, to be honest, I... I'm so humbled and blessed to have the job I have. Um, and I don't know it kind of sounds cliche, but I absolutely love it. Um, you know, outside of my family and things like that, there's no other thing that I would imagine myself doing and at another place besides Florida. Um, I honestly tell the kids every day I have the best job because I get to coach the Florida Gators every single day. So to be honest, I just this is kind of what I believe and what I feel and guys will tell you i kind of wear my emotions on the outside and i want them to feel it before they walk into practice um my biggest thing is what can i do to give these kids a competitive advantage every day uh, if that takes me bringing a little noise a little energy well i'm going to do that for them now. now i know
1: um you guys most likely customize and, and work around these kids diets and and, and kinda, get each one of them their own thing. I think personalities run the same way. How do you, um, and what's the process of of breaking these kids down, figuring out what works for them mentally and, and health wise.
5: Yeah. So my, my biggest thing at the end of the day, every, there's no one like, like individual on this planet. Okay. So that means every kid's going to be coached a little differently in terms of personality. Um, Now the standards, the standard, and we all work towards that daily. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about how I relate with kids, how my staff relate with kids, who does better with what, those kind of things. Um, you know, to be honest, it's it's just, it takes time, um, and it's it's something that I believe in it has to be developed by relationships, because I'm not the type of person to sit up here blow a whistle and expect kids to do something because of the title I carry. Um, I, it's like I do everything. I want to build relationship trust is earned so i need to earn that from the first day i got here on campus um and i need to i need to go about my business a certain way with all these guys to make sure that we're giving them the absolute best um you know we're not always going to see eye to eye and that's okay because we weren't made as humans to see eye to eye at all that times but Um, these guys kind of understand me at this point now, uh, we might bump heads and disagree at times, but at the end of the day, it's all for our development and things like that. Um, in terms of, uh, health and nutrition, we have people in place to kind of help along those lines as well. Um, in terms of their area, what, what these guys need. But the biggest thing is there's no, I like individuals. So everyone's going to have their own personal case at hand.
1: Yeah, I think one of the kids we all got to see uh, uh, a little bit of that development early on was Ethan White. Um, came in as a real big kid, mm-hmm. and we saw him shave up and, and, and shape up nicely under your first uh, year, year under you. What do you
5: attribute his uh,
1: his change to?
5: Yeah, you know, what I like we tell all the time, we give these guys guidance. We kind of give them guidance and leadership, teach them and show them the way. Um You know, at the end of the day, these kids got to be big boys and make decisions on their own. Um, You know, and a lot of that, it's like I say all the time, the two biggest issues in college athletics is sleep and nutrition, right? Because there are two things. When they walk out the door, I have no control over besides the knowledge I've tried to pass through them in a day. Um, But a lot of that was done behind the scenes with our nutritionist. Um, A lot of it's done with the extra hours with Ethan. You know, he did a great job. Um, if, he, if he did the bare minimum of what I was allowed to do with these guys, because I'm restricted to hours, um, you know, he wouldn't have been able to lose that way. A lot of that came on Ethan doing extra on his own um, to make sure he puts himself in a position to succeed come season. Um, so a lot of it, you know, we could give him the knowledge and this and that, but at the end of the day, he, had, he, he decided to make a change in his life, and he upheld help that change.
2: Uh, Nick, what's the difference between taking over a program like you did, you know, two and a half years ago under different strength and conditioning staff, to now? Um, obviously, you know, you've had the chance to, you know, indoctrinate, if you will, a lot of these guys and and help train them up and ramp them up. But what's the difference now, taking over a program that that you've developed and trying to to mold and motivate them uh, moving forward, comparing to to just coming in and and being a new voice?
5: Yeah, I think obviously that. The biggest thing as coaches, you always say year one, I'm going to get everything done. Well, I don't know if that's possible Possible when you take a, a program, just say for, now we're in year three compared to year one. We're so much farther ahead in terms of all the finer detail stuff. Um, you know, the, the big, when we first got here, it's trying to give them the big picture, the basics, the foundation, what's going to carry you to where you want to go, um, where now our guys have felt and experienced two successful seasons. The challenge that is ultimately the same, but now you got to take a different path because uh, you're dealing with some other things. Um, it's all good stuff, but I'm just saying in terms of you can never let complacency sit in. Okay, and I think as a program, that's that's the number one killer. Because you look at it all the time. You got coaches out there that are builders, and you got coaches that are sustainers. Builders at some point are going to crumble and fall. You know, whether it's five, six years, who knows? Well, sustainers can maintain that forever because of the foundation they laid. And what I'm starting to see now is we're starting to take full traction on little things such as leadership and accountability and all the little discipline issues they're getting lower and lower as the time goes on, which is in, in term better because they guys worrying about more important things that, that are going to help us win some more games.
2: Nick, what's your, what's your favorite transformation that you've seen out of a player?
5: Oh boy. Ever or just here in three years.
2: E- either Well like, What about both? If it's not the same person.
5: Um, oh boy there's been a lot of good ones I gotta give credit I, was, I think I gotta give credit to uh, we just spoke about him but Ethan um, that might have been the biggest turnaround I've ever seen um, I think my highest before was 384 the 330 and Ethan started heavier and got lower so I think that's gotta be one of them um, oh man I'm trying to think about the, on the flip side skinny guy now we got a couple young guys that are going to, in another year or two, will be something to say. Um, guys come in really light, skinny, and, and put on a lot of weight. Uh, Who's impressing you in the weight um, Yeah, I'd have to give Ethan some. What's that? Who's
1: impressing you this offseason? A new guy, a young guy that's impressing you, uh, a freshman.
5: You, one of the early, enrollee guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably... I'd have to say Anthony's done a great job. Um, Josh Braun's done a great job. You know what? It's funny because I've been talking to a couple of the younger guys before spring break, before they left town, and and um, this is probably arguably one of our best overall classes in terms of the big picture, um, how they handle their business, how they train, how academics, nutrition. When you put it all together. This has been one of the most seamless groups in terms of transition. Um, You know, I think that's a testament to our coaches doing a great job getting the right guys in place, and then obviously our our guys once they get here, buying in and staying committed to what's important, and that's that ultimate goal of what we're chasing.
2: And, Nick, how many players take your – and I know once they commit or, or they sign their letter of intent, you guys are giving them a, a workout plan and everything else, how seriously do most of those guys take it and, and how quickly do you see them start to accept and embrace the uh, the weight room that you probably uh, want them to?
5: Yeah, so obviously we've got – you know, I only really get my hands on those the early enrollee guys. Um, We send manuals out and things like that to our signees. And, you know, a lot of it, it's a generic workout because they all come from, they all have different resources in terms of a weight room, you know? So it's it's basically made up to do no matter what you have, whether it's one barbell or a whole gym, you know what I mean? Um, So a lot of those guys, they give me questions. They call me, hey, if I got this, can I change this? And I kind of just walk them through different ideas. Um, at this point of the year, the biggest thing is they're doing something. The more important time is as they get closer to their arrival come summer. Um, if, they're, if they haven't been doing any um, conditioning, uh, it's, it's usually a rough start to, to your uh, Florida career if you haven't been up on your running. So I usually help them out as we about get about two months out.
3: Hey, Coach, is uh. You know, I know you was at Ohio State with uh, were you under Coach Mick for a little bit?
5: Yeah, that whole year I was with them.
3: Okay, okay. Tell us about tell us about uh Coach Mick and how was it to to work under Coach Mick?
5: Yeah, so I mean, Coach Mick kind of reopened my eyes to the profession. Um, you know, I was worked at a couple other places and um, everything was great, but I just felt like something was missing still. Yeah. Uh, it was immediate that Coach Mick and his staff kind of reignited the fire in terms of This it, it solidified what I thought strength and conditioning should be right. uh, to keep it simple. Um, but I consider Coach Mick a mastermind. For I sure. consider him uh, a true mentor because he's one of those guys, he's never going to react too much off, off of motion. Um, But he's what I call a a thermostat leader. And what I mean by that is he has the ability to read the temperature of the team and adjust the temperature up or down if he needs to. Um, And I just think he always knows exactly what the pulse of the team is and what the kids need, whether it's to turn them up or cool them down. Uh, I just thought he brought so much to the table on a daily basis for those guys and their development.
2: Nick, do you like when guys? Uh, I guess do you like making skinny guys bigger or making fat guys skinnier and leaner? And, uh, kind of a weird way to ask it, but you know. Well,
5: I know, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, the, I guess any which way you slice it, it's all the same to me. We're getting guys better. Um, yeah, I know. If I was a, if I was a student athlete, I tell them all the time I would want to gain weight because. I would love if someone told me to eat more food to gain weight, that would be like unbelievable, but I can't do that right now. Anyway. So uh, um, I think it's, to be honest, it's easier typically for the heavy guys to get skinnier than the skinnier guys to get heavier Um, because a lot of the skinny guys or lighter guys. I should say um, a lot of them are genetically made that way, but then also, they're they're lighter for a reason because most of them are typically picky eaters. So to to gain weight and you're a picky eater that makes things more challenging. Uh, but it's just like anything. I like challenges, so we attack that head on. Uh, I just think losing weight for the big guys is easier than the skinny guys gain weight.
2: You actually just hit on something I was going to ask you. Do you find it challenging? Um, I know that you're a big part of the nutrition program. Um, Do you find it challenging for some of these guys that have eaten like one thing or just a couple of items and have been picky eaters their entire life to expand out there what they do eat? Um, Or do you guys just kind of accept that and try to work with it the best you can?
5: No, no. Here at the end of the day, all these all these guys come from different backgrounds. (laughs) right? And my job is not, my job is not to force them to be someone that they haven't been their whole life, right? My job is to take daily steps, daily progression with them to ultimately teach them habits that are going to carry over the rest of their life, right? Because they could sit there and stuff their face with food because someone's standing there watching them. But the next thing you know, that that creates a negative habit. So I, what we do is, we like my, I tell these guys all the time, my job is to teach you, coach you, show you, educate you. What we don't do at the program is beg you. Okay? So, but honestly, if, if we were supposed to beg you, then we probably recruited the wrong kid. Um, that's just, that's the reality of it because the most person, important person, to be honest with, is yourself. Um, you know, but in terms of what we teach these guys, everyone's different not, not everybody's going to drink chocolate milk. Not everybody's going to drink protein shakes and the list could go on and on and on and on, uh, between me and the nutritionist. Um, Stephanie does a great job. She kind of spearheads everything. Um, cause that's her department. Uh, but making sure she exhausts all resources to get these guys what they need. Um, and you know, the answer is never know in terms of, that didn't work or we've exhausted all resources it's all what's next you know we don't shut some down if some doesn't get approved or well, we move on to how to what's the plan b and so on and so forth till we get these guys exactly what they need
1: nice man we
5: had some um
1: leaders leave we had some impressive uh results at the combine man Shouts out to you and what you were doing those guys before they left man but we had some guys leave. Um, who are the new guys or who who are the leaders in the off season workouts to, to get these guys? I know you guys can't be there for absolutely every workout and they have to go on the field by themselves. Who who are the leaders?
5: Yeah, you know, some guys that really stuck out. Um, this offseason immediately me mean, I took a, a big step forward. Um, you guys like a Ventrell Miller, uh Marco Wilson. I think Kyrie Campbell, Zach Carter have done a great job. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, obviously our two really all the quarterbacks have been doing a great job, but Kyle and Emery are older guys. um, You know, but Anthony's coming along there. Um, Running backs, Damian Pierce was doing great. Our whole offensive line, in my opinion, has probably been collectively one of the better groups in terms of overall development. Um, So, all those guys, and then receivers, I'd say probably um, Trey Grimes kind of stepped up since a lot of those older guys left. All
1: right, that's good to hear. Um, so what do you think – got some new facilities going up. How do you think that's going to help you and your program with uh, helping these guys get better?
5: Yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's just – at the end of the day, it's like I tell everyone, it's, it's the people that make a difference. Um, and if you got the right people in place, no matter what you have, obviously you'll get what you want. But for us, um, we're truly blessed to be able to help design this new facility and work on this now. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's it's just going to be a new better atmosphere in my opinion um, for our student athletes to come and not only put the time commitment and sacrifice in. town so. Um, but to develop you know it's going to be nice big pretty it's going to be brand new but at the end of the day it's still going to be hard work elbow grease gritty down and dirty that's what it's going to take for us to get to where we want to go um so once again it's not always what you have but how you use it Um, but we're blessed we're going to get a brand new slate here in a couple years to uh get some good old-fashioned working on
2: uh nick how was the uh shooting the youtube series that's gone pretty viral for uh for you guys
5: well funny ass, because typically i'm uh i'm a fly under the radar type of guy (laughs) um i I, to be honest i don't really care if anybody knows my name and and this and that but i just love doing my job i i also have come to realize though this is part of the profession and um, you know, for me, at the end of the day, it's just what other platforms can we give to better uh, better the program and our student-athletes? That's all it is. Um, I, like I said, I don't care if anybody knows my names, but I want our student-athletes to shine bright any opportunity they get. So whatever I can do to help put them in a position to do that and give them tools to succeed, that's all I care about.
2: Man, I love it. Um, well, I think Nick, that'll do it, man. We really appreciate you, uh, you coming on this evening and um, you know telling us a little bit more about what you do. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for your time. Go Gators! Enjoy the uh, spring football, and we'll talk to you soon.
5: All right, sounds good. Appreciate you guys, and we'll t- we'll talk later. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks so much. All right, guys.
1: Coach Nick Savage.
2: Hmm. Think he's related to
1: Randy Savage?
2: He's gotta be.
1: Right. He gotta be.
2: I think with the last name Savage, you have to be at least that level. Right? You have to be he's a strength boy. and conditioning coach. He's yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. everything about him. Yeah. Nick Savage. Love I like him.
1: that energy, man. I've been to some practices and beforehand, man, and, and the way he brings those guys in, get them hyped up. You got an individual cheer for each one of those guys that run up, bro, and I'd be ready to run through a wall, man, just watching them walk up, man. So, great guy to have on staff.
2: I think he'll be here for a long time.
1: Absolutely, man. Dan, you should feel bad for, like, hyping, getting the people a little riled up about Coach Savage a little bit on the timeline, though. That's the, You, you, you got you to use your platform wisely, Dan.
2: What I do? What I do wrong? <laughs>
1: Well, you say you needed a raise, when Bama lost their guy?
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, just got to do what you got to do. I'm just trying to help the staff, you know, just trying to get their money, you know? This Absolutely. is this this is my thing, right? Like, you go after, Nick Saban's going to go after the best in the business, and as far as I know, there's there's not very many that are better, so.
1: No, I'm with maybe, you. Absolutely. You know? We're all the people up. I'm here for
2: it. Sometimes you just got to tweet a little reckless. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like it, man. Another another dope classic stadium game. Yeah, we're not bad lately, fellas. Um, not bad, you fellas. Man, every week, man. Same corner. We just been hanging out, doing what we do.
2: I appreciate the listeners. I uh, appreciate the advertisers and sponsors. Appreciate the uh, Patreon folks. Uh, we do this for you guys. We don't do it for just us. Uh, so we appreciate any and all retweets, listens. Anything. Man. Absolutely.
1: Appreciate it. The flagship pro program, man. Um, got the flagship fans and the flagship podcast of the big three roll-up network, man. We appreciate the hell out of y'all. Yeah, all
2: it's because reviews, of you guys. Yeah. You know, that, that Tim Brewster interview went, you know, pretty viral. I think it was our, our second most listened to show. Uh it was right up there with the Chris Rainey interview and the Matt Baker interview, Chris, or Lee Begley um episode. Uh but you know, it's because of you guys. That story got picked up by Rivals two four seven Saturday down south a radio station in Alabama got picked up by yeah Sports Illustrated got picked up by so many different people so we appreciate that Uh, you know at the end of the day we're just trying to get you know what's happening Gator Nation out there Uh, and so we appreciate you guys hitting that like button and hitting that retweet button and sharing it with your friends posting it on Reddit and all the message boards sharing it on Facebook and all that stuff I mean it means means the world to us. And I mean, we
1: just when we here to get better too. So anything we're working on the sound, man. Um we 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 feel that little, you know what I'm saying? We've been hearing that a little bit. So we're working on our sound. But any segment ideas, anything this show is missing, we're open-minded to everything. Um, this is the fan show. Let us know what we can do to make the show better. We all for it, man. Appreciate y'all. Dan, you got yeah. a song this week, man. Absolutely. You
2: got, you got a guitar? Got the guitar uh, it, out. It got the guitar out. Uh, this was a uh, so um, this is a band that I've been listening to for a while, but then I saw them for the first time ever a couple uh, maybe about a month ago, uh, right before I saw Whiskey Myers. Uh, shout out to Whiskey Myers, going to go see them in Nashville in November. But anyway, uh, so uh, this band is Shane Smith and the Saints are out of Austin, Texas, um, and they have a song. And sometimes I, I put songs on here just because they have uh, you know good melodies or whatever uh, melodies. Um, but this one this one means a lot. The words mean a lot. Uh, it, it hit me. I've been thinking a lot about this song the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. so the song's called What a Shame By Shane Smith and the Saints Encourage you, even if this isn't the type of music you, you normally listen to Listen to the words, this one's powerful, I love it Shane Smith and the Saints, What a Shame Boys, see you next yeah. week
1: Yeah, same coin. I know y'all usually turn it off With Dan Pick's song, but let it ride this time
2: Yeah, just this time <laughs> <laughs> See you boys next week
1: Hey, same quarter, same time, baby Yay, yay <laughs>
0: my life rode on a ship i've chased down some hurricanes but we had stories once those howling winds had passed and if i'd wanted my whole life to be laid out in black and white i'd have turned my weathered sails some time ago but I stayed steady on that stream The river rocks and gasoline Bumping curbs on every turn we would make The friends we've made and lovers Past bail bond loans and Sunday mass They have opened up a newer life to me well, what a shame, a crying shame. Nine to five, it's all the same. But you won't take those wasted hours to your grave. And oh, good God, don't rest my soul and let my sails fall to a fold. I'm still running and racing, wishing on a falling star. How much money meets your desire And how much heat can you take For you feel the fire I don't think it's worth the pain But who am I to say? Because I feel like every other day I sing another sad song about living free I lose another little piece of the puzzle That got me here Another roadhouse fight, cast down by sin Another blowout, ten miles from town again. Another sold-out night that makes it worth the fight. And the life. I- It's all the same But you won't take those wasted hours To your grave And as I watch my hourglass Grains of sander like days of past Brace the storm, this is your love Your life, your task Sander like days a past. Brace the storm. This is your love, your life, your task.